Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. There you go. Kurt would get lost. Welcome back. <laughs> Still got Charlie with us. Still here. He's been here for a week. Happy yeah. happy January. Oh. I, I mean, this, this is... one's going to be posted January 4th, so it is January. Hey, welcome to 2022. I mean, I'd like year. to say, everyone said 2021 is going to be the year because COVID was 2020, and now everyone's going, okay, 2022 is 20, the year. I am so optimistic about 2022. Right. I really am. And it's probably, I'm going to totally have be crushed. Because everyone's <laughs> going to get Omicron and then everyone's going to get over it and then COVID's going to go away. That's my hope. That's, well, although, you know, Dr. Osterholm will be on the COVID echo in two days because January 6th. Yeah. yeah. Not two days from today, but when this is posted. Got it. Um, I don't know. He I might. love him. He's just. He just says it. Blunt. He, uh, you can trust what he says. The, the other He's day, never he, been wrong. The other day, he was actually optimistic about Omicron, and I was like, I took that as a sign to be hopeful. Because yeah. okay. if he's optimistic, then because mm. right. he's very honest. Yes. Interesting. Totally related to methadone, the topic yeah. of today. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. So we're letting Charlie drive, and uh, he even got his own microphone today. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, Matt, yeah, we're going to call this one Methadone 101. Perfect. Uh, should I lead off? Absolutely. Just fire, <laughs> fire away. In the metro area, and I don't know if you all see seen this elsewhere, but in the metro area, um, many patients are coming in asking for methadone first. Buprenorphine is like a second choice. And there's a lot of theories why. Many people are observing it. It's anecdotal, but many, many people are observing it. I have so, one theory. I'll be interested. Yeah. To hear well, I mean, I, I'll I can add some theories too, but I'm curious, Heather, what's your theory? Well, my theory is because of fentanyl. Yeah. And so people, when you know, oh. when you start a heroin person on Suboxone or do you know buprenorphine, they already knew their dose. They had used it on the streets. Yep. They trusted it. Fentanyl, because of the the precipitated withdrawal and the yep. affinity, I think everyone who comes in and is on fentanyl and you want to get on buprenorphine is like, no, I can't take that. Yes. It, because they're going to get sick. A hundred percent. I mean, I think that's like a really good theory that people are having bad buprenorphine experiences out there in the field with street bup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're precipitating withdrawal. And because of that, they have a really bad idea of what bup is. That's theory number yep. one. Theory number two is that the tolerance for fentanyl users is so high mm, that they true. just, they, that bup might just not be strong enough for someone using mega dose fentanyl and that methadone being a full agonist is just kind of scratches the itch a little better, so yeah. to speak. Mm. Um, Smoother transition. Yeah. So you, so you got, you avoid the, um, you know, you avoid the precipitated withdrawal fear. You've got a treatment for a higher tolerant patient. Um, you know, there may be some other things. Um, I, one of my theories is like during COVID, everybody had more benefits um, and sure. the idea of coming to a clinic six days a week wasn't actually, they were socially isolated, mm. but they had a little financial wherewithal because of government benefits. And so they're like, yeah, come to the, come to the clinic six days a week. I'm Socialization. Yeah, yeah, I'm isolated otherwise. So I think that was played into it maybe. And then also just things come and go. And right now in the Metro, at least a lot of people are asking for methadone. Unfortunately, mm. 
there's no methadone to be had in the metro because of, because of a variety of things. We can I'll dive right into it. Can I just ask yeah, one question cool. about yeah. the the point with the tolerance? Are you noticing in your clinic since you do this that the methadone doses are having to go higher? Anecdotally, we were just talking about this. Anecdotally, um, and we'll talk about dosing ranges, but you know we're very conservative at Hennepin Healthcare with our dosing ranges. I think we're very responsible with our I, methadone dosing ranges. I would agree. <laughs> You're my favorite methadone yeah. clinic ever. <laughs> I am very, I'm, you know, like I'm, you know, but we're getting more requests to go up higher than our typical range than I've than I've dealt with before. Hmm. It's just it, we're getting a lot of requests for push my dose higher. And, you know, uh, maybe just everybody's stressed out and it's anxiety. Maybe it's fentanyl tolerance. Who knows? But, yeah, or, that's what we're seeing. Or COVID some of the nitazines. Yeah. The ISO. <laughs> Go back to last week if you yeah. have no idea what Kurt's talking about. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the, some of the issues with methadone therapy availability in um, – the metro and statewide is there is a statewide shortage of LADCs. Like this great resignation has affected all sorts of healthcare workers. And many LADCs are like, why would I do this right now in the COVID epidemic? Mm. And so everybody is running short on LADCs, uh, you know, addiction counselors. And you mm. basically, the addiction counselor is the thing that makes a methadone clinic go. Like without it, you know, the a, a good addiction counselors make a good methadone clinic i mean they're just integral mm. um, more so than almost any other you know form of treatment they're just integral so not many ladcs out there every position you know for every for every one ladc there must be five six seven positions so wow. everybody's short-staffed and so because of that you're capped on how many patients you can have Based mm. on a ratio of LADCs to patients, so oh really, one LADC maximum can be a sort of case manager counselor for fifty methadone therapy patients. So it's a fifty to one ratio maximum. Mm -hmm. Thirty to one, and the LADC is getting a little bored. Forty to one, and that's really, really like Cadillac. Sweet spot. Yeah, the sweet yeah. spot. Forty-five is manageable. Fifty is a stressed-out counselor. So every clinic in the metro is at 50 to 1 right now. I mean, everybody's max. We can't take new intakes. So what happens in like, I, I guess I didn't realize that that was the limiting kind of factor, the limiting factor yeah. because I, you know, the methadone clinics near us in greater Minnesota, I've always just thought it was a nurse or just like, yeah. I, I didn't realize it was an LADC. So no, this is it never used to be the limiting factor. It never used to be the limiting factor. Mm. But now because LADCs are in short supply um, and there is a, a regulated ratio of the methadone clinics are the most regulated clinic you'll ever in, in the world. I mean, I just can't imagine a more regulated clinic than an American methadone clinic. Wow. It's the DEA, the uh, the the um, JCO, it's uh, the Board of Medicine, of course. DHS is up in their business. SAMHSA mm -hmm. is up in their business. We, it's like an audit every year. And one of the key things is the ratio of, of patient to counselor. And wow. you cannot exceed 50 to 1. And that's never been an issue until now. But now oh, we have the shortage of LADCs. So, While people are coming in every day. There's, and then where do you send them? You just you say bup. You, you can do bup. That's all we got. That's what we got. Oh, you interesting. Know? So it is fine. You know, bup is just as good you know some people say it's better than methadone i mean i i consider them equal but bupa is just as good but it would be nice for them to have options mm. and they don't 
currently. It's basically no methadone intakes in the metro area. We're already on a tangent, but should I keep, keep Go rolling? for it. Keep okay. going. We're just yeah, going to... Yeah, so what is... So by the way, the language police visited uh, the methadone clinics and said, we're not calling it methadone maintenance anymore because people feel weird about the word maintenance. It's now methadone therapy. So you'll hear me saying methadone therapy. Uh, well, but it's just like MAT has now MOUD. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's there's something good about the language police, but sometimes it's a little, you know, it's a little overboard. It's hard to keep changing. Um, I hate change. Yeah. That's because well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. It's because, yeah, <laughs> the memory issues. Uh, so first of all, how is methadone? How, how is methadone paid for? It's unusual and it's not paid the same way that buprenorphine is paid for. Methadone is paid... Um, basically, the state pays $14 per day per patient. So um, whether they show, show up to the clinic $14 or not. $14 a day all month. All year. All year. All so, decade. So 14 times 365. Yep. Which yeah. is like 5 k $5,000 for one year. Of for MOUD. one patient, and that and and actually that's not expensive. So the all the insurers have done the math on this, and they end up saving a lot of money in the form of emergency room visits. And one wow. emergency room visits five thousand dollars. Yeah, right. And so all you have to do is prevent one overdose, and you're good. And so mm-hmm. so methadone is very much cost savings in the insurer's eyes. And so it's fourteen dollars per. So if you want to know the revenue of a methadone clinic, how many patients do they have? Our census at Hennepin is ideally 600. So if you just mm. do the math, that's like two and a half, three million dollars, right? Wow. And that's our revenue. And with that revenue, we have to pay for everything: physician time, nursing time, uh, the drug tests we do, the facilities, the LADCs, and of course the methadone itself. But the methadone itself is the cheapest part. Methadone is pennies; like it's dirt cheap. Hmm. The oh. the most expensive part is the doctor. And so how you can tell what, what kind of service a methadone clinic is providing is to try to understand how much physician time is paid for and what the physicians are allowed to do. So sure, some, sure. You know, some of the methadone clinics are like, we're paying for 5 10% of your time. Your job is to sign orders, to sign prescriptions. And that is it. Really? So, yeah, because I'm thinking about some of these other methadone clinics in the state, and it seems like it's always a nurse. Yeah. doing seeing the patient very protocolized yeah okay. there's nurses doing assessments and their ladc's following like protocols and then also doing counseling so they're they're doing independent health care but they're following protocols but my but, fear with protocols though is that's not yeah. patient centered and and as you mentioned last week in the nitazine episode things are changing rapidly in our field and so you can't protocolize a field that's changing Every year. Right. Um, and, but, you know, if you go to a methadone clinic, there are patients who literally cannot speak to their physician. Like physician visits are disallowed, too expensive. And yet the patient's on 100 milligrams of methadone every day, wow. signed by that physician. So we're getting into sort of ethics. I don't want to get too into it. I'm not trying to throw any, anyone under the bus, but it is, I do think, a very important quality element of, um, methadone clinics is access to physician consultation right. wow. and that's not always available so um so methadones are capitated clinics which can be capitation can be good 14 dollars per day for all services 
or it can also be bad, just depending on the clinic and if it's a for-profit clinic or a non-profit clinic. Right, a for-profit I'd be worried about because then they're not going to be doing the testing and the monitoring and all of that. And the less testing you do, the more you make. The less, the more money you make, and the less bad things you find. So testing begets more testing. Mm. So the more drug tests you do, the more stuff you find. Right. And then you have to act on these tests. And then you bring the patients in more and do even more tests. And so testing begets more testing. So it's anyways. Mm. But in any case, methadone clinics lower mortality. Methadone lowers mortality, lowers criminal justice involvement, um, improves pregnancy outcome. For a long time, methadone was gold standard for pregnancy. And now it shares that role with buprenorphine or buprenorphine naloxone, but it's still totally gold standard for pregnancy with women with OUD. Hepatitis lowers hepatitis C, HIV, and lowers IV needle use. So hmm. it's got all basically all the benefits of buprenorphine methadone shares, and they're about equal. However, you can see starting to see in the literature some advantages for buprenorphine, some advantages for methadone in in different parameters. So, Do you think in the future that what's going to happen is you'll have to qualify for a methadone clinic because it's clearly more expensive? I'm not sure. Is it all told? I don't know. I mean, because if you're only seeing a patient once a month, once every other month is on long-term but, bupe. But how much does the bupe cost the insurer per day? Like one eight milligram dose per day costs what? Well, depending on where you get it. You can get eight BID at some of the places for 150 bucks. Uh, a month? Yeah. yeah. Um, but is that what the insurance company pays or what the... No, that's, that's the, the total p- cash cost. But uh, yeah, so what does the insurance company pay for that? Yeah, I don't know. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I just... Well, like right know. now, but again, we've watched the price of buprenorphine suboxone go down quite a bit in five yeah. years, four That's years. true. It That's used to be 500, used 600 be, bucks. Yeah, it used to be like 10 bucks a day. I mean, 10 bucks a eight milligram dose. Anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm I just wondering at some point, cheaper. it's like, okay, you, you're on the, in the bup program. You got to fail it to go to a methadone just because of the regulation and the, you know... Could be. Yeah. I mean, I think there would be pushback on that from the methadone camp. I think that'll be done on a state-by-state basis with like the Medicaid. Mm-hmm. You know, DHS is going to decide what's right for the state yeah. and they're going to sort of decide how to get access to methadone. Well, and I think it's going to depend on the steward, I don't know, stewardship is not the right word, but the, the kind of programs, the methadone clinics you have in your state. Yeah. You know, if everyone totally. operated like you all, I'd be... Yep. much more comfortable, but not everybody does. And so is it, you know, and what are the, I, mean, I would really love to know the studies on patients that are in methadone clinics, and this is going to be methadone clinic dependent on rates of still using. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we, we can, let's talk about that. Let me just say some of the things that are in advantage methadone versus advantage bup. Advantage methadone retention Retention in a methadone clinic is higher. Yes. So people see like six days a week as a barrier, but it's six days a week is actually like that's your community. Right. And like people have a stigma of methadone patients. You go by the methadone clinic, they're like, you know, there's like four people out on the corner, John. That's not necessarily a bad thing. That's their community. Everybody's there with the intent. Almost always, those are, those are innocent, fun. It's like, that's a crowd of people after they got their methadone dose. Maybe they got some counseling. They're hanging out on the sidewalk. But so, that happens where it's accessible 
closely. You can still have a job. You live in greater anywhere. Yeah. You just spent your whole day getting there and your whole totally. day getting back. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, so a negative with methanol right now is that it's clustered around certain areas like Duluth. I think there's maybe Rochester, Metro, and there might be Brainerd. Brainerd. Yeah. And outside of those areas, you're driving hours and mm-hmm. it just doesn't make a ton of sense to be driving hours every day. There are some potential innovations where they'll have methadone dispensed from commercial pharmacies, believe mm. it or not. That, mm. that gets done in England, um, and it, it's fine in England. And so, Well, the English, English are way ahead of us always. <laughs> in many ways, <laughs> but not with food. But in many yeah, ways. Yeah, not food. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, or, or dentistry. Yes. Why yeah. am I saying that? This I was like, totally going <laughs> to avoid that, but dentistry. you know. I just, I just went there. It's like, uh, whoa, it's an English movie. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there, you, there's, the, there's the hope to have some dosing from commercial pharmacies so you can get it at your local pharmacy rather than driving hours. But it doesn't make sense to have people. We have some patients that come to our clinic literally drive two hours there and then two hours back. Jeez. And even if they're not driving, they get... Well, insurance um, pays insurance for the ride. So now we're going back yeah. up on costs. It's crazy. Yeah, that's expensive. It's just... Yeah, that's that's worrisome to me about methadone. I think for... So methadone is better retention. If you have a pregnant woman, it's simpler to start methadone than to start buprenorphine if you're worried about precipitated withdrawal. So it can be done with buprenorphine, microdosing, and all the rest. But it's sort of very smooth to get a pregnant woman on, onto, onto methadone. Um, those are advantage methadone. Therapeutic community, they come in six days a week. They've got right. access to counselors. They get seen and evaluated by a nurse up to six days a week. Mm. That's pretty cool. That is you pretty know? cool. You know, so six days a week, counseling and nursing, and I, in theory, access to a physician six days a week. That's pretty cool. So those things are advantage methadone. Buprenorphine, uh, better uh, neonatal um, opioid withdrawal syndrome Mm -hmm. statistics, maybe better mortality by a titch, so slightly better mortality. Um, I think it's got a better safety margin. It's better if diverted, like buprenorphine. Diverted buprenorphine is much less problematic. Correct, correct. So there's, there's advantages to both, but I basically consider them equal choice. Um. So who's eligible? There's a bunch of eligibility criteria. You need to have opioid use disorder, of course, and you need to be symptomatic with your opioid use disorder for a year. So you, so it's not like I got opioid use disorder yesterday. It's you need to be like, so that's part of what Kurt was saying. And to Kurt, to your point about like eligibility criteria to get into a program, every state does have their own criteria. So California for a while had you need to try and fail abstinence-based treatment, I think, twice. Oh, that's Whoa. And, then, and you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, they, and then there was a study that found out that by not enrolling them in MOUD right away, the Cal- California lost $70,000 per patient. Wow. Not to mention their life. Their, and deaths. Their deaths. Yeah. Yeah. But so... Hopefully um, you did that study pre-fentanyl and... Yeah, that was pre-fentanyl. That was that was was like ten years ago. It's like like California is like, okay, we want you to do yoga. Yeah, (laughs) and smell these uh, medical cannabis. Yeah. Uh, So, anyways, well, that was a hack. First English, and then then California. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. Let's just keep going. Yeah. Who's next? (laughs) Who's next? We're really a little saucy today. 
Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the, every state does have their own regulations. Was mm. you know Wisconsin and Minnesota will be different, and Minnesota has exceptions for minors that need a waiver. So mm. a minor can get methadone, but they need a waiver, and there's criteria there. Um, certain people get fast tracked. Like if you used to be on methadone and then you went to jail for like five years, you could get out of jail and get back into methadone. Gotcha. Even though, mm-hmm. even though it's been five years, you know, since you've used opioids. What happens though, if they're already capped? The program? Yeah. Right now it's so rough with availability that people like literally get out of jail. You know, you could be HIV positive, you could be pregnant and they're just going to try to, you know, we're all... We don't have room right now. Mm. So it's buprenorphine, though. That's the good thing about having options is right. we can get them on buprenorphine right. instead. Mm. So there's every state has their own criteria. But for us, mostly, you need to have OUD and be symptomatic within the last 12 months and be an adult. Um, pregnancy, getting out of jail, those fast track you. Um, and um, being a minor requires a waiver. Mm. Um, and then, you know, it's funded private insurers to the extent that people with private insurance often don't go to methadone programs True. but but if you have private insurers every insurance covers it and if you nice. are covered by state or federal insurance those both cover it in our states um some other states medicaid doesn't cover how about that, military uh well the va has a methadone clinic in fact the va has a very good methadone clinic hmm. um jaco certified wow they're, they're pretty good um they're a little more aggressive with the dosing at least last time i was knew about it um but they're, they're a great great program so military can although i don't know if that would be that's va not necessarily active military so well because you can't like have a dot on methadone but you can have dot on buprenorphine well theoretically i mean well that's if you never can get been people officially stated it. but methadone yeah. you can't yeah yeah, we've looked that up a, a bunch of times, and I, I, I forget the details, but I'm, I believe, I believe what you're saying. I was a DOT certifier for all of like ah, ten minutes, <laughs> and then I got busy. <laughs> uh, like I've mentioned before, super regulated. Anyways, I, we should get to the the what I think is uh, the good part, um, which is dosing. Okay, um, how about go, this? Yeah. Let's end there. We'll do this podcast as a methadone clinic 101 getting into it. Yeah. And then we'll come back next week and do methadone dosing. Methadone dosing and the, the nitty gritty. Perfect. So we'll we'll we're ending here. Heather? We're gonna end here. I'm you okay. you wrote it down and I was like, I'll have to be the one to interrupt. I felt like I was just getting going. No, hold it. Charlie was. But I think, anyway, I yeah. think we're like I could just go and go and go. You, you know, it's it. <laughs> all right. So that's, I mean, I think that's all very important, though, because I yeah, don't yeah. think people know any of this. I didn't know, I didn't know any of this, so I've learned a lot. That's because you didn't listen when he did the echo on this. I was in northern Minnesota oh, when he did I last time. That. I was in an RV traveling down the road. I was actually listening to this talk in an RV trying to listen to it while we drove. So Crackling. Okay, anyway, we'll be back next week to talk about the nitty-gritty of actual dosing and all of that. Nice. Perfect. All right, thanks everyone, and we will let Casey take over. If only you could tell the truth, I wouldn't have to leave. No promises shall I abide, no tales would I believe. 
your ship is sinking neath the waves It's sure you're headed down How many of the rest of us will you decide to drown? Begin. 